beloveds. Welcome to the Anima Rising podcast. My name is Caitlin Rose, an integrative health coach, tantra yoga teacher, and your host of the Anima Rising podcast. Here we're going to be exploring holistic, hormonal, and menstrual health, herbal wisdom, and tantric philosophy. I'll be going over herbs and foods to help create a more intuitive relationship with your menstrual cycle and incorporating tantric practices in your everyday life for healing your body and relationships. Each week, I'll be interviewing other holistic professionals, coaches, and herbalists, and tantric practitioners who will be sharing their journeys and medicine. If you would like to ask a question about tantra yoga or menstrual health, please email me directly at info at animaintuitivehealing.com and I will answer your questions on the podcast. Please know that these questions are not intended for medical advice, but are tips and considerations. For this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Tantra, sacred sexuality, and healing. I'm going to be interviewing my friend and fellow practitioner, Erica Briones, who is a writer of Sacred Prostitute Chronicles and a facilitator of women's sexual empowerment workshops. Erica has a mission of guiding women to be their own healers and uses self-pleasure as ceremony. So what is Tantra? Tantra is a very ancient practice and philosophy originating in ancient India. And Tantra itself means technique or technology. Ultimately, Tantra is viewed as a science and embraces the physical body as a tool to connect to higher states of consciousness. It is focusing on transforming everyday activities into a ritual. So eating, sleeping, sex, anything that we do in our mundane life. This is because everything in Tantra is seen as divine and that the mundane and spiritual life are not seen as separate. So the body itself is seen as a stepping stone and a tool to really connect with our higher self. Sacred sexuality is taking a tantric approach to our relationships and love life. When I began my journey of sexual healing, healing my body, I really looked into tantra and yoga and I discovered that we can view everything in our life as sacred and ceremonial. Now this doesn't mean that we have to do things a certain way, we have to be purist. Tantra in, in itself is actually embracing our desires and not repressing them, repressing them, and to really find a middle ground. And that is really embracing duality. So embracing the human experience, embracing all that we are and loving ourselves. It is alchemy, it is self-love, it is a lot of things. So I'm really excited to going into more of actually the sacred sexuality aspect and kind of go into healing and how we can approach sex more in an intuitive way and a healing way. So thank you for tuning in and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hey, Erica, welcome to the Anima Rising podcast. So excited to have you here. I wanted to ask you, what does sexual, sexual healing mean to you? This is a great question. And I recently had a workshop and we were talking about the four different types of sex. Um, the four different types of sex is procreation, recreation, pleasure, and Tantra. And Tantra is a pathway to sexual healing. So before people get into wanting to be multi-orgasmic or having sex like Sting, um, I believe that Sting kind of promoted this idea of Tantra. And, and it's not about 
um, having the best orgasm. It's really about how connected are you with your partner and can you get out of your own mind? Because sometimes we as women, we have a million thoughts, probably even more than men. And it's important to really learn how to like have those conversations that are going to make you feel um, connected, trust, and more in your body. So I believe sexual healing starts with communication, intimacy, and trust. And just wanted to address the other types of sex. Procreation is people that want to have sex for babies or just, you know, creating a family and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a good awareness. The second type of sex is recreation and that is having sex for just letting go of the stress. Sometimes we want to have sex to escape stress or to get distracted. So it's good to recognize that. And that's personally not healing. I feel like that's a form of escapism. Um, the third type of sex is pleasure. You know, you're using sex as, you know, medicine. You're using it to create, to have fun, to explore your body. And also sexuality doesn't have to mean penis to uh, vagina, penis. Uh, penetration it could just be like I'm going to just explore my breast today like that can just be pleasurable or I'm just going to look at myself naked in the mirror that can be pleasurable um, just having a relationship with your food that is pleasurable and so for the healing aspect that is when you're really connected to um, the inner with your partner you have to connect with the parts of you that you're afraid of that the parts of you that you're judging so there's a part of you that you're judging um your life say for example you are living a double life and i'll take myself as an example um so i was living a double life since a little girl i was abused and i was keeping it a secret and then later i was doing sex work and I had no one know about it. So eventually, once I released it, once I came out of the closet, once I found a sex positive community, I felt complete, I felt whole. So that's kind of like the long version of my definition of sexual healing. That's powerful. And, you know, you mentioned being present in the body. I know when I started to come back into my body um, after, you know, dissociation, you know, I think it was 25. I started to explore my body. How, um, for someone that's not comfortable with, let's say masturbating, because that's something that I really struggled with because sometimes there's a lot of shame that can come with not feeling connected with the body. What are some things or tips to get someone out of that or like, how do I explain it? Because I just know it took me a while to um, really be okay with touching myself in that way or like feeling okay in my body. Do you find that with your clients or like women that you're working with that maybe they, they're not comfortable with that experiencing pleasure for themselves? Do you have to, do you find that you have to guide them through that sometimes because of certain experiences? Well, in my experience, I've noticed that a lot of women are just afraid of recognizing who they uh, are versus who they think they are. So a lot of them 
who they think they are is a slut or they think it's too much. Um, other topics that come up is, am I bad if I do this? Is this wrong in the eyes of God? So there's a lot of like dogmatic views that kind of hold people back from like really accepting themselves. And a lot of the clients that I work with, um, mostly it's like a mixed bag right now of men and women. And one of the topics that come up is shame from the church. So it's interesting because some of the stuff that holds them back from like exploring their body or self-exploration is this idea of they're having this judgment on themselves. Like if I do this, it's wrong. Um, I have to have a partner um, to have sex. Like it has to look a certain way. Um, and because of porn, because of the media, because of Hollywood, there's so many narratives around what sex looks like, what sex looks like. But sex looks like something different for every person. What matters is that you master the fundamentals of breath, of movement, of presence. And the other one is like getting into the senses, like, you know, smells, sights, like, you know, um, something you can do is like adjust your environment. And I used to live with my mom. <laughs> so if you're someone who lives with a mom or you live in a community, do your best to find a sacred space. It could be your bathroom. You could go find a park. I had one client, he went to a park at nighttime and he would, you know, explore his body, you know, near the animals and wilderness. And he said it was like the most exhilarating thing because he was able to explore his body without other people. Because the thing is, sometimes we have neighbors. Sometimes there's gonna be distractions. Sometimes we're gonna feel like, you know, can I be loud? Can I, you know, really explore? Because sound can be very vulnerable for people. Like, I think it's important to express yourself and allow yourself to be loud. Yeah, that's the another another mm -hmm. tip is to uh, practice being loud. Um, and if you feel like you need to get a pillow, <laughs> it's okay. And I think you can also use um, the base of your palm to also make noise. And I think if you can find a, a space for yourself, that is so important. And if you're in your mid thirties or if you're like, living with your parent I think it's important to express yourself like my partner is near me and I'm able to express myself so I have no shame of expressing myself yes um, I think that's so important like I think sometimes when we're not really comfortable yet in our you know with our sexuality you know I think we were talking about this before we often kind of focus outside of ourselves and we're not really you know refocusing our energy with what we like and what makes us feel good and i think that is also something that you mentioned before like it's about you know refocusing our energy to what we like because i find that um like even with women that i've worked with you know when they're in relationships they're often focusing on their partners and not finding out what they like and because of this you know shame and this blockage feeling that you know I can't have pleasure unless it's someone else or like the idea of having pleasure just for myself is not enough so is this a narrative that you also um, kind of have resonated with before 
Yeah, absolutely. Knowing what you like, knowing what you don't like. And um, something I share with my clients, I even share this at the workshop, is knowing the safe sex elevator speech and give credit where credit is due, my friend Reid Mahalko. And he basically teaches this at a lot of play parties, a lot of facilitators like Money Darling um, that I have learned. And that's basically like learning to have the safe sex elevator speech. And if it's with a new partner, it's probably more important to do it then because you can talk about the scariest thing. The scariest thing can be the STDs. The scariest thing can be sexual trauma because if you have a lot of energy in your body, it's gonna show up in your breath. It's gonna show up in your eye contact, in your movement. So if you don't have these difficult conversations, if you're holding this all in, it's going to just show up in every aspect of your life, not just with your partner, but your creativity. So here I am doing this presentation with you, this podcast. And if I was nervous, if I had anxiety, um, you could feel it. You could energetically tell that there's something wrong. But because I've done so much clearing and rewiring for myself, I'm like, yeah, I can talk about sex. I can talk about, you know, my past life. I have nothing to hide. And one of the things I teach, and I will talk, go back to the safe sex elevator speech, um, there's a principle I teach and that's the acidity principle. And the acidity principle is, it's a metaphor for if you are holding in your pee and you're with your friends and all your friends are having fun and you're holding it in, are you gonna be present? The answer is no. You're gonna be thinking about, I need to go pee. I like, I need to do this thing. So if you have all this acidity within you, it's kind of similar to how it is when you're holding in that secret, when you're holding mm -hmm. in that truth, when you're holding in this uncomfort, like, oh my God, I'm really attracted to this person or I have all these feelings, but I'm just gonna hold it in and pretend everything's fine. That is acidity that is leaking. And if you have mm -hmm. that acidity that is leaking, it's gonna show up in how you're engaged and how you're able to just in the moment how you're able to just be in your joy you know and if you're having all this acidity it's possibly affecting you in every aspect of your life so this acidity principle is something that i think is probably super smart but it's true like if you can't be present with other people it's so important to have these difficult conversations and i will share the safe sex elevator speech with your audience and it's such a powerful tool i think every person on the planet needs to learn this and i think so much to my mentors that taught me this again the first thing to do is say hey so i'm going to just role model this with you caitlin so hey caitlin like i want to have a safe sex elevator speech i'm just so turned on <laughs> i i know this is the first time so um, I'm going to just share this formula so I can really get out of my own way and to see if it's possibly if there's if we might have sex or we might not. So even if I'm having this conversation with you, it doesn't mean that we won't have sex. It just means I'm just practicing practicing this conversation with you. Like I also noticed like my I'm stuttering, which is perfect because every time I do this, I get so excited. I get nervous and other things come up too. So the first part is the scariest part. And so the scariest part is STDs. So um, I got last tested last February for 
HIV for everything and I'm clear. So my test results are clear. I do have HPV and um, that's normal <laughs> for me. Um, I think it's important to, to vocalize that that is the scariest thing. Um, I have a partner, so I am fluid bonded. <laughs> I'm also nervous because my partner is in the room and that's okay. So that is scary for me. Um, and the other thing I like to say is my boundaries. So I, I'm into men, I'm not into girls, um, but I do like to go to play parties. I like to explore. Um, I like my hair pulled. I like to be tied up. I'm demisexual. So I have, I have to have a heart center connection. I'm also sapiosexual. I like nerdy talk. <laughs> um, I, I've actually been at play parties where I like to get off on science. <laughs> and, and that's about it. And how about you? So that is a safe sex ele elevator speech. Um, oh yeah, there's other components like pronouns and you know, like what do we need? Like, do we need condoms and things like that? But those are like little things. And if you wanna learn more, I recommend to go follow my friend Reed Mahalko, who basically teaches this formula. He's also on YouTube. Um, and so that's the safe sex elevator speech. Thank you for sharing that. I haven't yet heard that before. I've never, like that's new to me. So I think that's a really great way to like introduce that. Cause I think a lot of times it's so uncomfortable to share um, that information. And it does, it does seem a little nerve wracking. Just, do you suggest doing that right away or maybe like? Yes, if this is your first time, um, this has helped me through having sex with people I actually don't need to have sex with. I had this conversation with someone where afterwards he was like, well, that's dangerous that you have HPV or I had a lover and I told him this and he literally said, I need to go to the hospital. And I said, we just kiss. It doesn't, it's, there's nothing wrong. It's gonna be okay. Um, it taught me a lot about rejection. So it's a really good conversation to have. And what I learned is it teaches you more about rejection than anything. Um, when I first started doing this, I was very mean. I got very offended very easily. I took things personal where right after I was rejected, I would insult them. And one of the other key things to learn is if they say no, whatever happens, you want to practice saying, thank you for taking care of yourself. Even if you're pissed off, even if you want to cry, like, thank you for taking care of yourself. And if you need to go to the bathroom, if you need to go take some time off, take 20 minutes to cool down. And this is where I would say, this is a good time to bring in um, the release work. That is what I really do. Like if you're triggered, if you have so much emotions around this, this is where I would say, hey, um, this is a perfect opportunity to practice the sexual sovereignty technique. That's what I teach you is like, hey, what's the story? What happened? Let's clear through this technique. Um, and then once you learn it, then you can release it through movement, through sound, and then that's free. All of this is free. Sound, movement, breath, that is all free. That's something you can do. But the thing is, people get in their head, they overanalyze, they get distracted, life happens, you know, like the holidays are coming, um, you know, kids come up or, you know, their social media, we have so much distraction. 
And this is why it's important to have a mentor, to have a guide, because it really is about accountability. Because sometimes you're like, oh, I don't have time. We have so much excuses. We're so good at making up excuses. And so I think it's important to invest in stuff because we're really good at self-sabotaging things, self-sabotaging partners and opportunities. And so I think it's important to have a practice like the sexual sovereignty practice, which I teach. And, and of course, the emotional clearing is so important. Um, and again, that's all free. And I have so much resources. So yeah, that's, that's yes. pretty much it. Thank you so much for sharing today. Um, I will make sure to put your information in the bio so people can find you. And for those who are listening, uh, stay updated. I'll make sure you're updated for more episodes to come. Thank you. Yeah.